This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Six. Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast with yours truly, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Company. The 643 Podcast is found each and every week on the podcastpark.com, along with all of these shows from your favorite hosts all around the 680 The Fan station, producers as well. Pretty much everybody has a podcast, and you can find the podcast from your favorite host just by going to thepodcastpark.com or wherever you go to for all of your favorite podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. I'm sure you'll find the podcast on all the relevant podcasting platform apps or just go to the podcast park make it nice and easy like and subscribe to your favorite shows so you can be kept up to date whenever a new one drops uh go to the podcastpark.com today okay so it's been a little bit of a roller coaster lately here for the braves some really bad play in that philadelphia series which you really couldn't afford to do an awful start by jake odorizzi and an awful start by charlie morton really ended up hurting you Especially, I, I just, I don't know, how can I put this? Uh, I don't like the way you approached that series. Now, you took the final two against Philadelphia, but you dropped game one, one to nothing, which that's that's just bad by the bats. You had two bad games in a row. Uh, you actually ended up losing three straight, which might have been for the first time this season. Oh, nope, second time, I'm sorry. They lost two of the Mariners games and lost that first Giants series. But the second time this season... They lost three games in a row. Lost 3-2 to two to the Nationals, lost one nothing to the Phillies, and then lost 9-1 to one to the Phillies. That was that really bad Jake Odorizzi start. And uh, it just goes to show that you can't even trust Jake Odorizzi against a, an, an okay lineup. I'm not really that confident in him, even versus the Nationals lineup, which he's supposed to be the one pitching tomorrow against Josiah Gray. Um, luckily, he doesn't have to pitch against the Mets, but you don't have any margin for error anymore. Because of that, because you lost on, on Monday, which was a game where, or I should say last Monday, um, where, you, lo- where you, wa- um, you lost a game where the Mets were off. Was that Monday? No, it might have been. That I think that was, uh, I think that was Wednesday, actually, uh, on the 21st. You lost a day where the Mets were off, which pushed you another half game back, which just increased what you had to build up to catch them. Then you go and lose to the Phillies. The Braves got kind of bailed out by Oakland in that one. Uh, as it stands now, though, most importantly, the Braves are now one game back, where if you took care of business against Washington, you'd be half a game back right now, which would be even better. But essentially, you you have no more margin for error. The Braves essentially need to win out 
or can only drop one game in that Mets series, if that. Because you have two more with the Nationals, then you got three with the Mets, then three with the Marlins, you cannot afford to lose more than one of these eight games. And I'm really not even certain you can afford to lose one. You might need to win out, because when you're looking at the Mets... They don't have that tough a road. They start play with the Marlins tonight. They got three with the Marlins before, or is it maybe two actually? Two with the Marlins, and then they come to Atlanta for that big three-game set, and they end with three against Washington. Now, I know Washington beat them a little bit before. That's not something that I want to count on. So if you're looking here, you've got to win one more game than the Mets do. And it has to be in the series that you're playing them. So if you're going to drop a game, you have to beat the Mets at least two out of three. And if you only take two out of three against the Mets, you need to win out. Because I don't see the Mets dropping a game either. And if the Mets and the Braves end up with the same record over the final eight games, the Mets are going to go into the postseason as the division winners because they hold the tiebreaker over the Braves. Mets are 97-57. and 57. Right now, the Braves are 96-58. and 58. So you have to make up that game. Now, you still have it right in front of you. Because you do have that three-game set with the Mets, you take two out of three against the Mets, then you're still sitting okay you still i think you might still have to hope that they lose a game here if you sweep the mets then it's good then it's then it's probably done and you've got it taken care of ultimately that's what you're going to want to do but it's going to be a whole lot more difficult to sweep the mets in that three game set now that spencer strider is on the il and spencer with a strained oblique he's out for the rest of the regular season um he's supposed to come back the day before game one of the wild card so at least technically as long as there's no setbacks or anything he should be good to go for the postseason, which leads me, I don't, I don't know how badly it's strained. I don't know if this was something he could have pitched through, but the Braves are kind of playing it safe a little bit in saying, you know, the division race, it's, it's really a flip of a coin, so I'd rather make sure that Spencer doesn't hurt himself more. I, I don't know. It's possible that that's the way that they're going, but I don't really, I don't get the feeling that the Braves are okay with being a wild card. I don't get the feeling that that's something that they think is acceptable. Now, obviously, if it happens, then fine, whatever. You got to play at the hands you're dealt. You got to you got to get on with it and win in the playoffs because your ultimate goal is to win a World Series. But I don't think that the Braves are okay with finishing second to the New York Mets, and I'm not okay with it. The Braves are going to be a 100 win ball club. 96 wins right now. There's there's almost no way they don't win four of these eight games. There's I don't see any way they go 500 or below 500. There's uh, tonight is an interesting matchup because you are going to get bright. You're going to get uh, Kyle Muller coming up tonight uh, because Bryce Elder, who pitched last night, we'll get to Bryce Elder in a second. He was fantastic. Uh, but because you did have that injury to Spencer, it opened up another spot in the rotation. And Mike Soroka, who uh, had some elbow issues, been shut down for the rest of the year. Um, Ian Anderson shut down for the rest of the year. So kind of figuring out what you're going to do with, with that final spot. It kind of goes to show you how important starting pitching depth is. Um, but Kyle Muller is going to get up today and Washington for what it's worth. Washington is not a good lineup. The one thing I will say about Washington is they do put the ball in play a lot, which it'll be interesting for me to see with Kyle. Uh, his last couple starts in Gwinnett weren't particularly good, but remember he's had that issue where he broke a, broke his finger, broke his thumb or broke his hand or something and had a cast on kind of threw him off his game a little bit. Hopefully the offense shows up tonight like did the, like they did last night. They weren't really needed last night thanks to an incredible start from Bryce Elder. Uh, K-9 
can't really say enough about that. Bryce went a complete game shutout. Threw all nine innings, six hits allowed, one walk with six strikeouts. Uh, 106 pitches, 65 of them for strikes. And it has been a really, really excellent second stint here for Bryce Elder. His first start of the season against Washington, it wasn't good. He actually didn't have a, a, a an average to above average start until this second stint for him when he came up on, um, let's see, when he came up against Miami on August the 14th. So maybe this would, I guess, technically be his third stint, maybe even his fourth. Uh, but his last, I should say anyway, his last four starts have been exceptional. Game scores of 76, 73, 64, and 85. And last night, that was the best one he's had, period. Now, it helps a lot when you throw a complete game shutout. But one of the other things that, that's helped him so much is he's not walking people, at least not nearly as much. His first stint, you know, he, he was walking a ton. His very first start against Washington, he didn't wash any, uh, walk anybody. But immediately followed that up with a five-walk performance and then a six-walk performance and then a three-walk performance in four and a third. And then he was clean. Then was then you get to this next set where he's gone seven, seven innings, six innings, five and two-thirds, and nine innings. In those, he's not allowed more than three walks. Now, it was in that start on the 14th where he went uh, he went seven innings, had three walks, ten strikeouts. That was against my that was that game against Miami. That shows you the growth of Bryce Elder this year. And you're seeing a lot of it. The ground ball rates are through the roof right now. He's done really, really well. And he looks really good. And I, I the only thing that I'm disappointed in is that I won't get to see this this Bryce Elder take on an actual major league ball club because he's faced this is going to be the teams that he's faced. Miami twice, Washington twice, and then it'll be Miami for a third time. So obviously the Braves are, are kind of bringing him along slowly, letting him face bad lineups. Over the course of the season, he's faced Washington, the Padres, which wasn't a good start, Miami, the Rangers, which wasn't a good start, the Mets, which was a bad start, Miami, Miami, Washington, Washington, and then it's going to be Miami again. I like that they're bringing him along slowly. I just really wish I had seen Bryce pitch against some... some I, I would have loved to have been able to see him against the Phillies. Now, obviously, you couldn't have because you had to bring him up uh, to face Washington, and that meant that it was two days rest and he couldn't go against Philadelphia. But I would, I, I would have really liked, and I would like this going forward, uh, I would like to see Bryce Elder take any Jake Odorizzi that he can. Like, if we get to the postseason and the choices between Jake Odorizzi or Bryce Elder on the roster, I want Bryce Elder. Uh, I, you can't trust Jake Odorizzi. His stuff isn't good, and he doesn't throw strikes. Bryce Elder doesn't have premium stuff either, but his stuff breaks a fair bit, and he's shown that he can throw strikes, which is something Odorizzi can't do consistently, and it's just it's, it's not good. And I don't, I don't want to see Jake Odorizzi come in because there's no upside there. Bryce Elder can essentially give you what Jake Odorizzi is going to give you anyway. Yes, there's a potential that Bryce gets blown up. It's certainly possible. Uh, anytime that you're going to try to fill up the strike zone and, and rely on soft contact, there's there's the opportunity for you to get blown up. That, that's certainly possible. But there's also the upside with Bryce that you just don't have with Odorizzi. And I, Odorizzi, frankly, is not a guy that should be starting. There's a reason why he's kind of floating around between fifth starter and long man in the pen. Once you get to the postseason, you have these kind of issues surrounding Spencer Strider, that long man becomes really, really important because that long man may end up needing to be used at, in that first series. Like, let's say you trust Spencer will be okay, and let's say you throw Spencer in game three. Let's say Spencer, though, isn't his best self. Maybe he's not 100%. He's only able to give you four innings. 
Having a guy like Bryce Elder who can come in and give you four more, maybe even five innings and finish that game out, that's a big deal because it saves your bullpen. And Bryce Elder is a guy that you can see that's really starting to click for him. And that's not to say that that he's going to be the next Greg Maddox or that I think he's better than Mike Soroka. As a matter of fact, I I, I still I, I really want to see Mike Soroka get a get an opportunity in the, the rotation next year. Um, but I, I, it's hard to figure out because you'll have Ian Anderson who they'll be looking to, to get right. You'll have Mike Soroka who will be back by then. Bryce Elder has certainly shown that he deserves a real fair look. And Kyle Muller was the best of the starters at Gwinnett up until, you know, the, the hand injury. And Freddie Tarnock has been outstanding. Jared Schuster seems to have adjusted to AAA. You had Dylan Dodd who just got called up and had a pretty good start for his debut in AAA as well. There's going to be a lot of competition for that fifth starter role. And that's, you know, maybe they decline Charlie Morton's option and then they got to figure out what they're going to do there. That opens up another spot. But Alex Anthopoulos has already said he's looking to add an ace. That's why I've told you guys a number of times, I think it's going to be Jacob DeGrom. Uh, I know Mets fans think that because Jake said he he's, you know, he he wouldn't, he would like to finish his career in New York, that he loves New York. That means he's coming back. Take it from somebody that just watched a fan, uh, franchise player walk away. Um, that doesn't mean anything. That just means that he's not going to burn bridges. I think DeGrom will be a Brave. If not DeGrom, then I think it'll be Carlos Rodon. So I still think you're talking about fighting for one spot. Uh, maybe it could be Justin Verlander even, as I believe he'll be a free agent after this season as well. And he's shown this year that he's absolutely still got it if he wants to continue pitching. Um, so again, you're going to have a lot of competition for that fifth spot. We'll see how it shakes out. I'm still not even going to count out Waskar Anoa, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people have counted Waskar out. He hasn't been the same since he punched the bench or punched the, the bench and broke his hand. Uh, I'm not going to forget what I saw from him. I'm not going to forget how ridiculously good that, that fastball slider combination was. I think he could probably, he, there's still a chance he can figure it out. Maybe he doesn't figure it out here, but you are at this point where your younger guys who are starting to show it, they're going to need to get into your rotation. And Elder, if you're going to be willing to trust him to be a fifth starter next year, you might as well trust him in a spot over, uh, over a, a veteran, a bad veteran pitcher. That's all I'm saying. Really, just to say, just outstanding work by Bryce Elder. Um, we'll see how he ends his uh, his season against Miami. I have no doubt that he's going to pitch very well against them as well. Uh, just a really encouraging sign for him. And that 2020 draft for the Braves might end up being an all-timer. Even if it's only a five-round draft, what is that now? Shea Langoliers, but he was, I think he was 2019. Uh, Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, they're all up at the bigs already. Just a, just a really excellent draft class all the way around for the Braves. Uh, Dana Brown did great work, as as they've done for really the past three drafts anyway. At least the 2019-2020 been excellent, excellent drafts. I think 2021 is going to be an excellent draft class too. And I do think 2022, I think this year's draft class is showing a lot of promise. I like what I've seen from Owen Murphy. Um, Cole Phillips uh, maybe could end up being maybe the best of the bunch. He's just gotten back from, he's starting to throw again now. Uh, a lot of good things going on on that front for the Braves. Now, offensively speaking, Bryce Elder was amazing yesterday. And the offense was incredible, but really didn't even need to score as much as they did. They win 8 nothing. Uh, funnily enough, they only had six hits. It just so happened that three of those were home runs. You got a homer from Matt Olson, got a homer from Ozuna, and got a homer from Orlando Arcia, who's starting over Vaughn Grissom, who's kind of hit the skids here lately as Major League pitchers have kind of figured some things out on him. Um, it was good to see Michael Harris also got his 20th stolen bases. Michael Harris, uh, can't say enough good things about him. He, he is an absolute superstar. Uh, he is now hitting 305, 345, 532 on the season with an 878 OPS. That is just behind Austin Riley and just ahead of William Contreras. That is an incredible season for Michael Harris. When you look at him now that Spencer's hurt, 
Michael's going to walk away with the rookie of the year. It's not even going to be a competition. Uh, he, he is going to just, he, you can go ahead and give it to him. I mean, it's already got his name on it. I mean, there's, there's nobody else in the National League that's even in consideration. Four-point F war on the season for him. Just a wonderful, wonderful season. And I keep saying this, and it probably is ad nauseum for some of you guys now, but we haven't seen the best of him. Like, there's still levels to, to his game that you're going to see him kind of reach and grow. Where, especially, and I keep saying, in, in the walks category, you're going to see him, once he starts taking walks more consistently, you're going to see him continue to get better and better and better. That's going to be, that's going to help his OBP numbers. Like, I won't be shocked if he's a guy that hits 300, 310, and has a 360, 375 OBP. I mean, I, I keep saying Mookie Betts. I think that's who he is. I know the strikeout rate is 24%. That's slightly above league average. It's not that bad. But you're talking about a guy that's got big power. 107 games. He's got 19 homers. Um, 20 steals. 62 RBI. Scored 73 runs. I mean, he, he can do it all. He can do everything. In addition to being the best defensive center fielder on the planet, it's just there's nothing about him that he can't do. It's, it's really quite incredible. I, it's just can't say enough. I didn't think he'd be ready this year. Boy, was I wrong. Can't wait to see what we have down the road for Michael Harris. Can't wait to see what we have down the road for William Contreras or Vaughn Grissom as well. I think both of those two have been almost as important. I mean, William Contreras this year, he has one of the best walk rates. He might have the best walk rate on the team, and I think that that's really important too. He's got 20 home runs himself, as he just seems to come through in big spots. I've loved William Contreras being in there. I, I wish that we could see him every day, and I think once we get to the postseason, we'll see him every day. But 90 games for William, and he's got 20 homers, 44 RBI, 47 runs scored, and he's got a 10.5% walk rate. Strikeout rate's a little bit high, right around 28%. But you look at his numbers, 275, 351, 511, 138 WRC+. Plus, that's perfect. I'll take that all day. As long as you got the double-digit walk rate, I don't really care about the strikeout rate. He's, he makes he makes his quality of contact. He makes up for quantity with quality, I guess is the way that I would say it. His quality of contact is one of the best on the team. His, uh, his swing is one of the most beautiful on the team, and I think he's done an amazing job. I love what I've seen from them this year, and I love what happens in the lineup once you get Ronald back as he was out with, uh, tweaked his back. Now, he did go 0 for 5, which is not what he was hoping to do, obviously, but it's just good to have him back in the lineup. The Braves are a much better team when he's in the lineup, whether or not, they're, whether or not he's doing anything. The team is just better when he's in there. You can see that reflected in the win-loss record. It, it just works out better. Dansby typically performs a lot better when he's in the two slot rather than the one slot, uh, as he went 0 for 5 last night as well. Between the two of them, Ronald and Dansby went 0 for 10 with 5Ks. They were uh, they were not great yesterday. They were the only starters who did not get on base yesterday. Um, and that's, that's not something that's going to last all the time, because Dansby the night before was playing hero ball uh, and hit a big home run, had a couple big RBI. Like I said today, though, 705, Kyle Muller versus Paulo Espino. Uh, Espino's not good. Kyle Muller, I, I'm interested to see what he can do. Um, I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see Kyle Muller go for six or seven innings. I, I like Kyle Muller. He's a big 6'7", 250-pound guy. He's got a pretty good fastball. Although he's, there's a little bit like Newcomb in that he's really, he's taken what was a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and now he throws it 92 to 94, which I don't really like that. I know he's got to do it for his command right now. I hope he can get that sorted because there, there's not much point to being able to throw 100 if you have to dial it down to 93 to throw it as, as a strike. And it, it doesn't, it makes your secondaries a little bit worse when you're toning down your fastball like that. Uh, so it's a big opportunity for Kyle Muller. And the Braves just have to keep on winning. 
speaking of keep on winning, one thing that has been happening and has really shown up lately is the Braves, have, especially in the month of September, especially towards the back end here, uh, the offense has been kind of hit or miss and been miss a lot more than it's been hit. Uh, the amount of innings that you've seen from uh, Matt Olson, Dansby Swanson, and Austin Riley, they've caught up to them. There was a, there was a piece out there that showed that the, the top five players with the most innings, uh, the Braves have three players with 1,300-plus innings played, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and Dansby Swanson. And I know there's some people that think that's awesome. They stayed healthy. They're playing the full 162. That is a bad thing. You do not want to be leading in that category. There's a reason why the Braves are the only team with three in that category. And I get they want to play all the time, and I get you have been in the middle, the thick of winning the NL East for the entire month. You let Matt Olson drag your team down for pretty much the entire month, and Matt was awful all September long. Horrendous. You finally, Snit finally gave him a day off, and he's responded since then with a couple of doubles and a big home run off the foul pole yesterday. Now, he's still swinging and missing at pitches that he has no business missing. 94 in the middle of the zone, that's not a pitch that Matt Olson should be missing. So, yeah, he's probably still dead tired. The legs are probably still not there. But it was good to see Snit give him a day. Now he needs to do the same for Dansby, and he needs to do the same for Austin Riley. Both of them. Now, Riley, Riley has had some moments where he's still hitting home runs. He still had a couple series where he was huge in that Philadelphia series. He was outstanding, even though he, he's been running up on a bunch of innings. But you've seen the power evaporate big time from Austin in the second half. It's not something that you were expecting. The home run ball from Austin Riley is not the same. If we were looking, when we were looking at, at the All-Star break, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that Austin was going to hit 40 homers. I don't know that he's going to get there now. He's at 37. He doesn't have a lot of time left to get to 40. And when you look at it, I'm just going to pull up his second half stats for you here. It's He's been wearing on him a bit. Second half, he's he's you know he's still doing well. The OPS is still up over 800, but he had a 922 in the first half. It's dropped to an 835 in the second half. His OBP is actually raised, which is nice to see. He's taking more walks, which I've thought has long been par- a big part of what should be a big part of his game. But his slugging's dropped nearly 100 points. He's clearly been wearing it a little bit. And the WRC Plus is still good. 152 in the first half, 133 in the second half. That's still all fine and dandy. No worries about that there. But ah, the power aspect of Austin Riley, it just feels like a couple of these balls that he's hitting here in the second half that were gone in the first half, not, not so much here. As you see, the first half hit 27 bombs. He's hit 10 in the second half. It's a big difference. Um, 32 less games, sure, but it's about 140 less plate appearances. Just not trending the same way home run-wise. And that's I'd like to see Austin get to 40. But more than anything, I, I know I know they need to get these guys some rest before the postseason. You don't want to run up on what the Dodgers ran into and what the Giants ran into where you were tired from a really long battle for the division and then you had a, a really tough first round and it led to the Dodgers getting beat by the Braves, which I think would have happened anyway because I think the Braves were just a better team, especially the way they were playing at that time. But you got to get you guys rest. There's a reason why everybody else does it. It's probably the most frustrating thing about Brian Snicker is that he just, he refuses to give guys days off, especially right now. I could understand it in years past where the Braves, you know, didn't have any depth, but they have depth now. They have the depth to give guys days off. When Olsen takes a day, you can move Riley over to first. And yes, Riley's defense at first is not going to be as good as Matt's. I get it. But if it's talking about one day here or there, to give Matt the, the opportunity to have fresh legs and hit better for a more consistent amount of time, that's what you do. 
Ditto for Riley. You can give Riley a day, and Vaughn Grissom or Orlando Arcia can play third base. Adrian Adrianza can play third base. Same thing for Dansby. Arcia, Grissom, Adrianza, they can all play shortstop as well. Ditto for second base. You have the opportunity to give these guys days off. Now, in the outfield, obviously, you've got Rosario, you've got Grossman, you've got Ozuna, who I don't ever want to see out there. Um, but you also have Heredia, who I don't know the last time Heredia started a game. But you've got the depth to give these guys days off. And now in September, now with this stretch run, I don't think you can afford to do that. Maybe because you're playing Washington, and, and once you get to that final series against Miami, we'll see how it goes. But it's going to be all hands on deck against the Mets, and you made it much more difficult for yourself because you didn't take advantage of the bad teams you were playing to give these guys that you've worn down some time off. So instead, you're seeing them come up and limping to the end of the finish line here. That's not good. That's not good for the Braves. That's not what you want to see. That's an area that I, I really need to see ironed out. I need them to get that fixed because you can't keep going on like that. Hopefully, the Braves will prove me wrong. Hopefully... Dansby and Matt Olson and Austin Riley will be the ones to prove me wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong, and I'd love for them to, to make me look like an idiot. But there is a reason why you don't see other teams in baseball employing this same strategy. It's because it's a bad idea. We've learned that rest is very important. We've learned that if you want to go deep into the postseason, your team has to have their legs underneath them because you have to score runs. The days of small ball and winning games 2-1 to one and winning off of pitching and defense, those days are long gone. You have to score runs. You're not going to score runs if you're tired and your legs are dead. You're not going to have the same drive on the ball. You're not going to have the same explosion. Your timing is going to be thrown off because you're going to be, even if you're just a little bit slower than you were, it's going to throw that timing off, as we've seen plenty, plenty of times with Matt Olson. you got to take advantage of rest days. It's a little late in the year now for that, so hopefully it doesn't burn them too bad. That's one of the reasons why I really want them to win the division and get that first-round bye. At this point, I wanted to, I want to win the division anyway because I wanted to win the division. But as it as it pertains to winning the World Series, I want this by just so you get a little bit of extra rest. These guys have been ran through, and I need them, I need them fresh for the postseason. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's going to start tonight. Kyle Muller gets an expose against the Washington Nationals in their hapless lineup. Paulo Espino going for the Nationals. Seven oh five will be the first pitch. Hopefully, the Braves can come out of this one on top as well and get ready for a big. Big division-deciding series against the Mets. It's not going to be easy. They're going to be throwing DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, I believe. Uh, I know DeGrom and Scherzer, uh, as you are responding in kind with Max Fried, Kyle Wright, and Charlie Morton, as it's now Charlie Morton who's going to be taking on Max Scherzer. Um, you're going to need Charlie to be his Charliest. He, he can't afford to be the Charlie Morton that you've seen lately. Um, Braves can get that done, then I think they can win this. I think they win the division, get that bye week, and then it's a, it's a good look at the playoffs. You'll get Ozzie Albies back. And I think the Braves will be sitting pretty for the postseason, depending on how Spencer Strider is. But even if Spencer is a little lame and you have to have him be going three or four innings and you can't really trust him to go six because of the oblique, you can still use him as a weapon out of there. And I think the Braves have enough depth to overcome that anyway. But you got to get there and you got to get past that first round. Win the division, get your bye week, get these guys some rest, take care of your business. That's all the Braves can, can do right now. Take care of your business and you'll be fine. You'll be right back there. Uh, speaking of being right back there, I will be back on Thursday here. I'll also be on uh, on air 6 to 7 doing a Front Rows Audio Fun Bag on 6 to the Fan. Make sure you tune in there. I'll probably talk a little bit of football. Obviously, I'm going to talk Braves. I'm always going to talk Braves. Uh, that's going to do it for me here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Thursday here for the 643 Podcast. <laughs>
the end of the... That's all, folks. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.